Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello once again from Cannes. It's Michael Leder here sitting in the Little White Lies flat, sitting across from Charles Bromesco. Hello. Charles, welcome. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be in France. Glad to be on the podcast. Glad in general. So from the Little White Lies crew in this flat, you've traveled the furthest. How's the jet lag holding That's up? That's right. I am sort of bypassed jet lag and in an ambient tiredness that just never stops. And so <laughs> it's, it's a little bit simpler than jet lag. Yeah. We should say in the previous episode, you might have heard some bells outside, some people rustling about in the streets. That's because we're in the old town of Cannes, the Souquet. The Souquet. And it's full of local color here so if you do hear bells maybe in less than a minute's time that's why lovely winding streets very easy to get lost in Mm -hmm, yeah and we can maybe record on the balcony one day if we feel adventurous but charles so far yesterday we talked about the opening film of the competition strand which is the dead don't die it's all kicked off now more films. So what films have you seen so far? So yesterday, uh, the highlight of the day was Kleber Mendonca Filo and Giuliano Dornelis's Baccarat, mm-hmm. uh, which played in the evening. And um, earlier that day, uh, we had seen Les Miserables by mm-hmm. uh, Lajli, a, a new French filmmaker. I understand this is his first feature. Yeah. Yeah. So those were really the uh, the big highlights of yesterday, along with uh, in the director's fortnight sidebar section, very early in the morning, mm-hmm. we saw Deerskin, a new very... Difficult to classify a film from Quentin Dupieux. Not quite horror, not quite deadpan comedy, mm-hmm. uh, sort of both and, and neither. Let's talk about Deerskin first. So I saw this in the evening, which had a whole director's fortnight opening ceremony preamble where John Carpenter, John Carpenter was, was uh, given the, the award of the director's fortnight strand. There was a long drawn out sequence where there was a, a synth duo playing the, the hits of John Carpenter and then the head honchos of director's fortnight, which is the strand put together by the Directors Guild of France. So you had Cattell Killever, the, the filmmaker, among others, reading out a, a love letter slash poem to John Carpenter with synth backing. Was this, this was like a romantic... It was, yeah. Wow. Really just saying how John Carpenter, you are the saviour of cinema. They did not do that in the morning. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't really, if you got to... I would not have been prepared for half it. Half six in the morning to queue to get there for your 8.45am screening. You don't want to sit for an hour through a long montage of John Carpenter movies before seeing Deerskin maybe. I would, um, I would ask you, do you see any sort of Carpenterian presence in Deerskin? Do you see any That's connection there? interesting. There's this vein of dark humor, playful humor, maybe, but mm-hmm. 
That's an interesting point. I hadn't. That's you blindsided me a little there. Do you, do you bring that up thinking um, you did? Because I know no, you I mean, loved I'm, this film. I right? just heard this now. Yeah, I did like it quite a bit. And thinking about it now, um, the first point of comparison that comes to mind is that they're both very fond of electronic music and, and deploy yes. it very skillfully in their mm-hmm. films. Uh, Dupuy has had an illustrious side career as a musician and DJ. I was just uh, introduced mm-hmm. to his big hit uh, last night. What was it called? It's called Flatbeat. He, Flat he performed Beat. under the title Mr. Wazo. That's so exactly right. anyone from the 90s might remember that. And so, yeah, I see um, that presence in his film now, even though those days of, of DJing are sort of behind him, as I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, he is working in a very different, a different register of horror, different in that it does not go really for the slasher jugular mm-hmm. right up until the final moments, I suppose. A lot of it is this very strange, slow build lead up. Um, and we get to watch this main character is played by Jean Dujardin, a sort of obsessive man who owns this very cool looking uh, deerskin jacket with all these, you know, fringe. He looks like Billy Jack. And he goes on a sort of insane mission to trick everyone in town into giving away their jackets so that he is the only one with a cool jacket. <laughs> Which already you can start to see the points of departure from Carpenter right there. Yeah, yeah, Jean Dujardin, and then he meets the local bartender played by Adele Haenel, who we may know from the films of Celine Sciamma, but also uh, The Unknown Girl. Yeah. yeah. How do we describe the tone of this film? It's only an hour and seventeen minutes long, so it's tight, seventies, very taut. So the relationship between the two characters, Dujardin and, and Hanel, that's really what I think sets the film apart because mm-hmm. they um, you know, start out as strangers. He goes to her bar, but he gradually learns that she is a film editor and he enlists her help on uh, his, and I'm using you know scare quotes that you can't see right now, his film, mm-hmm. which is mostly him just toying around with a camcorder and shooting whatever you know passes through his gaze. And so they establish a sort of symbiotic, exploitative relationship where he is definitely using her for her money and the technical skills that he does not have, while at the same time she seems to be using him to bring some interest into what would otherwise be a very dull life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It reminded me, because it does boil over, as we said, later on into right. more violent urges and, and tendencies. It reminded me a lot of the James Gunn film Super. Did you see that? I, with uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Rain Wilson and Ellen Page and a similar sort of symbiotic relationship where these characters find each other and egg each other on to... to they both, yeah, they, they encourage each other, psychosis, yeah. I would say. It's a fascinating film. You'd recommend it? Highly. Yeah, really, really good-looking film, too. They're shooting a lot... I don't know what these locations are. I assume rural France, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe. But they've got these beautiful locations shooting on these sort of um, barren mountains and all these winding country roads. It's, it's a really good-looking film. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Devilishly funny really really funny it sets us off on this strange <laughs> wayward path through the program where the dead don't die had a similar mm-hmm. genre but deadpan vibe Deerskin and then baccarat this is the the second or, yes. th- or i guess third now competition film we've seen another one which has unexpected genre flourishes unexpected dark humor but then almost a, a vein of seriousness underneath that i read an interview recently with Wong kar wai who was talking about selling chungking express to producers and financiers and all this and the reason that the characters are cops is so that he could just tell them it was a cop story which hmm. is very simple to convey easy to finance easy to sell of course it's so much more than that but it does make me wonder if these you know very esteemed european and asian auteurs might include these elements to sort of give a sense of more 
easily packaged identity to, to their work. Baccarat then, weirdly, that's almost a, has John Carpenter-esque moments in yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. But it's about this small town in Brazil where one day they seem to just disappear entirely off the map and their cell phone reception disappears mm-hmm. and then there are mysterious crew of operatives who strange are bearing things. down on them. There are wooden coffins all over the place, just mm-hmm. broken coffins. A lot of very strange elements that we don't really get context for until deep into the film. Yeah, how, you've written about this. I have, yeah. So last night at uh, 2 a.m. I was up uh, cranking them out. But yes, this situation in which I was able to see this film, which is going in colder than, than mm-hmm. any audience anywhere, you know, no idea of even what is going to happen, makes for a very unusual viewing experience mm-hmm. because the nature of a film critic, especially one who's on assignment on a tight deadline such as this, is that you start to mentally draft your review mid-film. Mm-hmm. You know, you get an idea of what you're going to say and... Baccarat makes that impossible because <laughs> Mendonca and um, Dornelis will show images free of context. There is a UFO in the film and we don't learn what it's for until about 20 <laughs> minutes later. And so, yeah, he lets you sort of marinate in your own bafflement for a little bit before cluing you in. And then even by the end of the film, there's still lots of very strange loose ends not quite tied up. You know, from looking from the cast list, that Udo Kier is in this film. Yes. And you know that he is usually a badge of some sort of, maybe not trash, but at least some sort of popcorn thrills, B-movie Scuzzy, thrills. Scuzziness, yeah. And he, he delivers, let's just say he that. He is, I think, the Udo Kieriest <laughs> role since... Um, Cell Block 99, did you uh-huh, see that one? Yeah, he's, I saw that. He's doing the same thing of uh, unwavering menace, I believe, was, was the phrase that I ended up using. So would you say that's another strong recommendation? These, yeah, these are my big two for the festival so Fantastic. far. Deerskin and Baccarat, although, hey, it's only day two. Lots it's, of it's great that come. we've had such fascinating and yeah. confounding films so oh, far. Yeah. We're about two for four at this point, I would say. That's, that's a healthy... Uh, healthy ratio so it could all go wrong today what are we seeing today the two competition films this evening I have high hopes Um, this afternoon I believe four o'clock is uh, Mati Diop's Atlantique Mm -hmm. uh, which Mati Diop I know very little about this is her first feature and she's done a handful of shorts that I have to confess I have not seen however a friend of mine who does publicity back in New York screened this for distribution consideration Mm -hmm. and he spoke very very highly of this film very excited about that one she's a disciple of Claire Denis isn't she disciple of Denis her uncle is uh, Gibril Giab Mambati who's you know a legend as well So yeah, I mean, she's definitely, she's got the, the bona fides and mm-hmm. I have high hopes. And then uh, this evening is uh, the Loach, Loach time. Ken Loach, so a bit, a bit more of a known quantity compared yeah. to a debut filmmaker. It's, um, before the screening of The Dead Don't Die for the official opening of the festival, they like to show a little clip package with about, you know, 10 seconds of footage from each of the competition films. And the Loach one is very typically Loachian in that we just see sad, pale-faced people arguing about money they don't have. Exactly. It's very much in his, in his wheelhouse. Right on from my Daniel Blake from the American point of view what do you think of Ken Loach what's the, the vibe because we very much in Britain we have a set view of what Uncle Ken's like Uncle Ken that's I love that uh, well, it's fun my very first gun my very first film I believe in 2016 was Daniel Blake mm-hmm. uh, which I found very bracing at the time as someone who is frustrated by bureaucracy and by the internet and I guess I'm angry about the same things that Ken Loach is angry about, which makes his films agreeable to me, but he's definitely prone to getting up on the old soapbox from time to time. Uh, But yeah, as an American, it's a, it's an interesting representation of British culture in the same way that uh, I saw a certain regard film yesterday called bull, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is sort of trying to represent America in a very similar way. And it got me wondering how we might look to Europeans. Well, and he's also very popular in France. Is that right? Yeah, he, oh, okay. would, he, he can always rely on Cannes to show his films. And of course, he's quite, legend, off, yeah. quite often awarded very well over yeah, here. Yeah. So I suppose we'll see how... Daniel Blake how was the, that got the palm, yes? It did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see how 
Sorry we missed you with uh, this evening. Do you have any uh, wildly premature thoughts about Palm consideration, you know, two days in or just looking at the schedule to come? Oh, I have no idea. Not at all. Do you? Um, I mean, I'm speaking completely out of my arse, as they would say in, uh, in England, but um, this Suleiman film, I had binged his pictures oh, earlier okay. before coming to this festival. I hadn't seen anything from him, and this man is a genius, I'm pretty sure. Um, so what, what's that film called? Is this that... new one is called... Is that this very... one? It Must Be Heaven? Yes, It Must Be Heaven. He's a Palestinian filmmaker yeah. who likes to make these sort of Tati-esque comedies that feature him in the main role, a sort of fictionalized version of him. I think is very interesting and i think especially with the changing political climate of palestine uh-huh. um he could be a very you know exciting meaningful choice for the palm of course we've got to see the film first yeah. is this the clip that we saw in the clip reel where it was three policemen or security guards on segways That's, almost doing a sort of synchronized i started cracking up in like three seconds yeah absolutely but that's the fun of Cannes: is that all of these films in competition are world premieres and of course there may be a film like once more time in hollywood with quentin tarantino that we may know sort of what to expect there may be a trailer out but then there are so many films from elsewhere in the world that we no, nothing. That's actually what I really love about Cannes. Coming here for the first time, I was amazed that... Um, what was the big American premiere that year? I don't know. But the point was that these very mainstream American movies were received with the same rabid excitement as like the, the newest picture from, from Philo, who, mm-hmm. who was there in 2016 as well. Yeah. Well, I, personally, I can't wait for the Bong Joon-ho film, which very is t- tomorrow, tomorrow evening or this weekend. Already, I've lost all sense of time and space. Yeah, no, I'm drifting through these days as if like a ghost. Mm-hmm. We should have an update on pizza. I mean, pizzas so far or, what, or what's your dish of choice i'm erring on the side of pasta this year uh-huh. i'm uh, trying to get off dairy and so i have been um getting a lot of delicious bolognese here okay. uh, very good italian food in france it's surprising right well i guess we are on the mediterranean but i, I do uh, i've got to make plans for one you know classically french meal i've got to get something very french in me before i get out of here okay well we'll make sure that you, we'll you, figure something we'll out. figure something out indeed charles thank you so much oh, it's been such a pleasure for chatting today maybe we'll have a chat later in the festival over michael Eder talking from the Cannes flat for Little White Lies Truth and Movies Cannes special as always presented by 7Digital Hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.